0: Welcome everyone to House on Fire, and Austin Oaks Church Parenting Podcast, where we talk about all things parenting for every phase. Our desire is to help you raise the next generation of believers to be simply about Jesus. And today, I've got my good buddy John Wilson on with us. How are you doing, John?
1: I'm doing well. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah, we are actually, uh, for those who uh, can't see us, which is everybody, we are actually in Reynosa, Mexico right now um, on a missions experience with uh, our church and our families and... So kind of fun to take the podcast international, actually, for the first time. So, well, John, tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and all of that so we can, uh, all those listening, just kind of have an idea of who you are. And if they run into you, they've got a, a picture of you and your family.
1: Yes. Well, I'm glad to be here. As Lucas said, we're broadcasting from Reynosa, Mexico, and we are here, uh, I'm here with my three daughters, my triplet daughters. Yeah sydney katie and jenna who have just graduated from high school and were part of the youth program at aoc yeah and uh my my wife christy and i have been married 28 years 28 years of uninterrupted bliss (laughs) (laughs) i love it it's been a good road but we just celebrated our 28th year so yeah uh it's it's been fun to you know be married raise triplets we have a 21 year old who's a rising senior at Texas A&M uh, as well. And he is uh, spending the summer wrangling horses in East Texas and the girls are heading their different ways here in a couple months. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we can talk some of that about that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now having triplets. So we just had our son, our son Thatcher a few weeks ago and I'm just imagining tripling everything for you and your wife. how, how bad of an experience? What was it really?
1: It it did take a village.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, just did you have like in, your parents or in laws? Like I mean, like ser- like seriously, they had to take
1: parents, in laws, friends, neighbors, yeah, countrymen, yeah. <laughs> there, there. It was a lot of work when the kids were a little bitty. Yeah. As they got older, you know, things got rhythms. We got things figured out. Yeah. Um, You know, we could go to. A place like Rudy's for barbecue as a family, and we had a system. Man, It's like sit, 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 sit. Here's the corn, pass it around. Here's the turkey, pass it around. Here's and just a rhythm for things. So, yes, but that took a couple of years really to kick in. But the first first couple of years were pretty challenging because yeah. it, it was yeah things were literally tripled up and yeah. I always have this funny little story about uh, you know, when the girl when when you have a child they can have their tantrums, right? Oh, yeah. Well, with our girls, they would have not only their own tantrum, (laughs) but if it was another girl's turn for a tantrum, the first girl and the third girl would join in seeing what a great time number two child was having with a tantrum. So it ended up being like 9x the normal number of tantrums when they'd feed off each other. But uh, there was lots of joyful times and uh you know when they graduated here i had an opportunity and it was yeah, frankly it was pretty tearful a lot of looking back at old pictures of when they were a little mm-hmm. bitty and kind of going through some of that and seeing you know three of everything and a yeah triple long uh um carriage that they actually they actually have these they're like half a city block long <laughs> one two three in a row yeah we had one so like you t- like
0: a like a stroller right a stroller yeah
1: yes <clears throat> and uh you know three high chairs and just three of everything and just mass production so yeah
0: <laughs> well what what was that like for colby i mean you know he's older obviously he's four four years older right
1: yes he's 21 it's kobe and uh kobe, oh, yeah kobe yeah and kobe was uh it's been interesting to see their relationship develop His yeah. his, his relationship with his sisters Uh, I think when they were younger, he would just kind of refer to them as this big unit called Mm. the girls Mm. and didn't really treat them as individuals. (laughs) But he's gotten to know them as individuals as he's gotten older and matured and as they've gotten older and matured. There's a lot more about they're they're not just a big mass. They are Sydney and she's like this. And there's Katie and she's like this. And Jenna and she's like this. And they're their own individual people that just happen to be born at the same time. Yeah, So uh, he's always been uh, loving and protective, but yeah, they were little sisters and you know, he was a big brother and sometimes they're annoying and all those sort of normal things, but for sure um, it's been pretty cool to see the, their relationship grow and sort of friendship with his sisters and vice yeah. versa.
0: That's awesome. What about you and your wife? What do you guys uh, do for work or, and all that just so we kind of get some background on you guys.
1: Um, I'm a technology marketer for a chip company uh, in town called Silicon labs. Uh, although, here in just a couple of weeks a big chunk of our company including myself will be going to a different company called skyworks our, our kind of business unit was sold so we're making that transition It'll yeah. take the rest of the year but i've been in um electronics semiconductors engineering for my my career for uh 30-ish years and christy is family ministry director at veritas academy yeah she uh has a she served on the board there she's has a huge passion for leadership and, and led seniors through senior leadership. And so she keeps busy and invests in, in, you know, the next generation yeah. uh, at the school.
0: I love it. It's yeah. awesome. <clears throat> well, today we kind of want to talk about uh, just, you know, really missions. I mean, we're, again, we're here in Reynosa, Mexico, um, Rio Bravo ministries. Uh, Ray hansen has been here 30 years. Um, this place was a, um, Uh, literally a trash dump, actually, when it first started. Now it's turned into a great Christian school for lots and lots of kids, Um, and they've even kind of adopted another school about five or ten minutes away uh, called the Blue School. And so um, and we come down, you know, every – usually at least once a year, if not twice a year, and serve here, and we're – um groups like us have built the place basically in a lot of ways. We're doing a lot of painting and stuff. Um and so we're not actually advancing the gospel specifically out of our mouths, but we know that this place brings people to faith like by the droads, man. It's it's pretty awesome. So so John, you and I were like, Man, let's let's kind of chat about mission stuff and so you know, like what how has missions just been a part of, of your life and even just your family's life, you know, as you've been a believer and, and kinda what what does that look like for you guys?
1: Yeah. Um I've been very interested in missions since my college years Um, when i was in college i took a full summer in the middle east so i was in a muslim country for the summer with a big student group and we were doing uh, evangelism at the same time my sister was in asia she was doing the same sort of thing so uh, that wasn't a part of our family of origin really uh, missions but it, it it got sparked in my sister and i during our college years so that has been an interest of mine, you know, whether I was a goer, a sender, prayer, yeah. uh, all through the years. Mm. Um, I've had an opportunity to um, utilize, you know, my gifts of time and treasure and talent um, to in various ways in missions throughout my life. Yeah. And this trip we're, we're on right now, you know, this is uh, just a you know, family manifestation of my desire and my kids desire you know this has been this is about my fourth or fifth trip here and it's their sixth or seventh yeah and uh, they've been a couple times without me and they have a passion for it yeah and uh it's it's been a really neat part of my and my girl's life together it hadn't really been you know the bug hadn't been my son so much uh, and my, my wife in recent years although in her younger years she was in quite involved in missions. Yeah. Um but it's just been a great opportunity to come down here to serve, yeah. unplug from what we normally do. Um and you know, come to a place where there's not a lot of privilege, there's not a lot of p- people's life here's pretty simple and people's yeah. life here is really is is rough mm. in Reynosa. And this place yeah. is an oasis. I mean, it's just a wonderful place for a kid to grow
0: up. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I love it, man. And you know, and you've actually served on the missions board um, at a couple of times, right? At Austin Oaks. Yes. Yep. So,
1: uh, was uh, served on that team for about three years. Took a little breather, and then another year. Uh, I've always had interest in you know how does missions get integrated in the church? Yeah. And what does it look like? You know, what's our un- what can we do uniquely mm-hmm. as a church body? You know, everybody can. Every congregation can and should. Send money and be involved in missions, but it, you know the, the question the ongoing questions are about what can we do that's unique what's the combination yeah. that fits our body really really well yeah uh, so that's that was something I got to contribute to for uh, a few years
0: yeah that's awesome yeah and we've it's been fun we've come down many times together here to Reynosa and um, and just for those who don't know it's a it's a Christian school but they also have uh, four homes on site where they They've got a mom and dad raising their own kids and and anywhere from 12 to 16 boys or girls. So there's two houses that have a bunch of girls in them and uh, two houses that have a bunch of boys in them. So they run their, I wouldn't say orphanage seems like a wrong term really for the way that they do it, but they run it like a family, you know, moms and dads raising their own kids and do everything they can to care for a group of girls, a group of boys. And it's, it's been really cool. It's been unique. And actually, I, I think the coolest thing about being here, Ray Hansen, probably the coolest thing that. A very simplistic thing but something we've really adopted in our youth ministry is the fact that before every meal um, somebody from every table, if there's one of you at the table or ten of you, somebody from every table stands up and shares a Bible verse from memory um, before you eat and uh, everyone likes to eat so there's a, a high motivation to memorize scripture and so we've actually adopted that and done that in our youth trips the last few years and actually every Wednesday night and even on the Sunday mornings, um, in our youth ministry. So it's kind of been one of those things where, uh, it's just been, man, we're we're going to actually, uh, require it to be, uh, to memorize in scripture to be part of what we do, which, um, not in a way to, you know, in a prideful or or judgmental way or a forceful way, but in a way of like, man, if we're going to call ourselves believers, we better, we better memorize something, uh, in scripture. And so, well, John, like, you know, you've, um, man, like when you went to that experience, you know, uh, Muslim country in college, like I'm assuming you like what country was it? And like, why in the world would you go? I mean, I did that when I was in, you know, in college, I had to, for my international missions degree, I spent three months in Israel and I was like chomping at the bit to go. It was like the best experience of my life. And I really, really enjoyed it. But, but that, that's not what a lot of people would want to do, you know, especially Mm -hmm. that time of life I feel like, or whatever. But so tell, tell me a little bit about that. Like what, like, like, why'd you do that? What'd you do specifically, and just what motivated you to go?
1: It was uh, the country of Turkey, which okay. is a, pretty much a moderate, at the time a moderately Muslim country. Politically, it swung to the right of being a, a more of a. Uh, it's not a radically Islamic country like some you know some of the others that you make the news more. Yeah, but at the time it was uh, secure in terms of knowing where we were. I mean, we knew, but we couldn't tell anybody else. We just For said sure. Middle East. Yeah. And uh, it was with a student group, and we um, got to know other st- college age like ourselves. Um, we were able to uh, just make genuine friends. Yeah. And then uh, some of them were interested in knowing more about the gospel. We'd share the yeah. gospel. And uh, those who wanted to go deeper, uh, we, we would do that with. And there yeah. were you know, full-time folks that were there year-round that were able yeah. to follow up on discipleship. So it wasn't a flash in the pan. It was a little yeah. more uh, organized ministry effort. I chose to do that because um, it was um, it was after my I did two senior years. I did engineering, and it was I think it was after my first senior year that I went and did that. But I had uh, been getting exposed to Muslims and Islam even at, at the school, mm. and it just seemed so different. Yeah, and it was a you know, a different, uh, vision. Islam has a very different vision of who God is yeah, and what God, that God, Allah requires of its believers. And mm-hmm. as I became, learn more about it, I'm like, I want to be part of telling them the tr- about the truth about the true God. Yeah. Amen. You know, they believe in Jesus, but he's, he's not the Jesus of the Bible. Yeah. Uh, the Isa, they call him. Um, and it, I, I just, as I learned more, I wanted to be, well, it, what what's some small way that I can participate in helping mm. Muslims come to know Christ yeah. and who he really is. Yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. So that was a great experience and it was the whole summer. Um, yeah. I guess it was an unusual choice. Uh, I think it's a great
0: choice. It just, you know, you just don't hear many people doing that. I mean, I guess at least in the circles that I run in,
1: it was a little, frankly, it only later that I realized it was kind of costly to mm-hmm. do that. And what I mean there is like my extended family and some cousins are like, what is this guy doing? Yeah. We're hearing about this cousin going like some crazy, you know, they, they were their view of that and their own faith in life was just like, yeah, every once in a while we go to mass and, and, and we're good. Check the box. Yeah. So what's this guy over here doing? You know, and, and I, by the way, I asked them for money to help me go. Yeah. So they're like, what is our insane cousin doing? <laughs> and, it put a little bit of strain on yeah. some of those you know, relationships with extended family and cousins. So there was, there was kind of some cost to it, but I, w- I would say looking back that uh, it was, it was a worthwhile investment for sure. Yeah.
0: Well, I think even too, like when, you know, groups like us come back from a trip, like what we're on now and you try to describe it and, you know, and, and man, most people aren't as excited about it as, as we are. Cause we just lived it, experienced it and seen the Lord work and, are excited to see, you know, the fact that the gospel is more than just in, in our context in the U.S. and, you know, in Austin. And and it can, I think, even be discouraging just trying to, like, to convince other believers to understand what, what we just did or, or what a group like that just did. And I think even there's this weird relational dynamics that happen even even w- within those conversations. So when you throw in the fact that they're a non believer and they think you're crazy and, you know, and their worldview of the Lord is nowhere near what yours was at the time and all that. I mean, it makes it complicated to say the least. So yeah, um, I actually remember uh, uh, my family often um, had a hard time embracing the fact that I wanted to like move away and go to seminary hmm. and, uh, and do missions. You know, I thought that's what I was going to be was a missionary um, thought, overseas. What a crazy
1: guy you were doing. Wow, he could do something that actually mattered and he wants to do this Christian stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I guess their primary motivation, at least the way that I remember it, you know, my mom and my family may say differently, I guess today if they were here, but, but, uh, their motivation was like, you should take the free football scholarship, um, you know, at the local, uh, junior college. That was kind of their, that, that, that seems like the better option. I'm like, well, I would actually, no, I'd rather pay money actually and go over here and be trained to do what I feel the Lord was calling me to do. And so, so, John, like for missions for you and your family and, and for your, uh, like, why has that been a priority for you to expose your teenagers to missions and the value of like uh, of being a part of the advancement of the gospel outside of the context of just our church or our community or our town or city or whatever? So why has that been a priority?
1: Yeah, a lot of it is really just making deposits in the bank. I mean, the you never know just like everything in parenting you can't engineer or guarantee an outcome mm, yeah. you can have desires for your kids you can take them through certain experiences um and i would just say this this particular one the value of it for my girls has been they literally unplug from their normal life yeah and they're normal teenagers so a lot of the things that they do during the course of a a day or a week involves, you know, their own entertainment. And, you know, what am I going to do next, 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 and that sort of stuff when they, when they, you know, step back and they're good hearted kids. They, that that's part of it too, is their spiritual formation is like, it's, it's not all about me. Um, but they, it's not a drudgery for them either. They Mm -hmm. come, there is a huge joy for them to come here. Yeah. You know, like today we spent painting, they do that joyfully but they love 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 the kids here. Yeah. And they love times in the evenings with them and they love um the little ones and the big ones and um I think for me as as their dad, I'm just pleased. I mean they're they're usually the one that's spurring me. It's like, "Dad, that was let, yeah. we we want to go again. Will you go too?" And uh, you know, and it's sometimes it's, it's not me, you know. Most of the time it's not me pushing, it's them pulling. Yeah. So uh, at first it was me more, Hey, y'all ought to do this. Is that, you know, this would be a cool thing to go do. And I'll, you know, I'll, I'll come and sort of nudge you. And, uh, I think it's gotten woven into their fabric through yeah. the, through the years.
0: Yeah. It, it's been fun for me. Often times they'll, Hey, when are we going to Reynosa, I'm like, well, we just got back. So, uh, like, give me a week to figure out when you want to, when we can go again, <laughs> you know, and, and it has been cool to, to see that desire. And, you know, and the fact that they've. Man, they brought a lot of friends, you know, over the years and even this yeah. time.
1: This then this year's probably one a, a little bit on the smaller side. Yeah, it is. In terms of the size of our group. Yeah. And we're here solo. Sometimes y'all have done that before. Other times it's been with uh another area of church like Austin Ridge yep. And they've been here at the same time, which yeah. is awesome. Real big group. Uh but my girls brought three of their friends and then as as my daughter Sydney pointed out, it's kind of the core of this one is is their small group yeah and there's another fellow that uh there's one guy on the trip which i'm real glad uh, brendan came and joined us he was in high school with sydney Lundeen, who's on the trip so yeah. uh it's it's a cool little group um that's that's down here they've encouraged one another to come uh you know emily's down here emily's been before so there's repeat kids yeah. and then there's new kids so yeah that's a neat dynamic yeah.
0: Yeah. Well it's cool for me because, oh, I, I mean, I don't know, maybe a th- couple months ago I was talking to my wife and I'm like, Love I, you know, I think Paisley needs to go this year to Reynosa with me, you know? And and yeah, at first she was like, Yeah, it's fine, yeah, it's cool, that's that's a great idea. And then the closer we got, she's like, Are you sure you wanna take our six year old um um you know, across the the border into Reynosa? And I'm like, Yeah, like I why not? Like, and so, I mean, I, I didn't experience missions outside of the context of my community until I was, you know, a, a freshman in high school and, and we actually went to a location in Mexico and man, and just the heartbeat of first Baptist church in Mound city, Kansas, um, and their influence upon me. And even to this day, just all the missions stuff that they do, the amount of money they send and their in their influence. That's where I got saved. And so just, understanding and, and knowing, um, how missions impacted me. And I remember I remember the day we got back actually from my first experience in in Mexico and I think it was Juarez, Mexico, if I remember correctly. And I remember, you know, we always did it where it was similar to how Paul did in the book of Acts where, you know, you come back and you give a report to the church, of the things that you did. And, and I I actually remember telling, it was just so impactful. Like I was like, I mean, I remember I, I, you know, a bunch of kids and we were, you know, just with, uh, they were playing on a skateboard going down the street and, you know, and their desire and just where we would look at just the, what they're living in and their culture. And we'd be like, Oh, woe is them. And, and just knowing the fact that like the gospel is able to penetrate and impact lives. And so I remember that as, you know, a freshman of high school, I believe. And, you know, and I'm like, man, I want missions to be part of my family's legacy and whatever that looks like as well. And so, so I, my wife and I, uh, uh civilly agreed that bring paisley uh with us and i'm pretty pretty stoked that she's here um so it's kind of a a cool unique thing for me too and so your
1: your darling daughter being here is unique and i appreciate and admire that that um you know in some of the trips we've been on before there's been people who brought their small children yeah and i think it's a neat exposure that they get she's getting a good exposure here the big the big girls love on her oh yeah so she's safe and um you know, I think there's a lot of people that would have a lot of apprehension of coming to a place like this or yeah. having family members come, um, you know, when not even with COVID. I mean, COVID was a huge factor, of yeah. course, about crossing the border. Am I going to be able to get back? And that was part of our calculus in spring break of 20 Yeah, of choosing not to come. But um, I think people think of, oh, what's this? You know, it's going to be this, this uh, unsafe border town situation. And um, part of my thinking about encouraging people to consider coming on future trips is um, the the um, Rio Bravo uh, Casa Hogar is kind of an oasis. I yeah. mean, it's it's a walled uh, compound, so to speak, with you know, it's it's kind of self contained. Yeah, um, with the uh, the two boys and two girls' houses and uh, a fully functioning Christian school. And, uh, you know, a, a good facility that's grown through the years.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree, man. You know, and John, for you, and I mean, you've been at Austin Oaks for 11 years?
1: Yes, about 11.
0: So, like, how has, how, you know, how have you seen missions, you know, even at our church? And and even, how would you spur, uh, you know, those listening and, and those a part of our church to, you know, even get involved? Or maybe what would be a first step in, in getting involved and just, you know, utilizing, you know, the advancement of the gospel outside of the context of our own church, our own city, which, which matters significantly, you know, and I wouldn't say that that's any less or any more important than advancing the gospel anywhere else. I mean, they all significantly matter. And so, yes. Um,
1: yeah. In terms of them all significantly mattering and uh, opportunities that are even more accessible than Reynosa, you know, JJ is yeah. trying to, spur on the church to get involved church under the bridge other lots of local missions opportunities and ministry opportunities uh reynosa is unique you know five hours and a a few hundred bucks and you're across the border yeah and you're having a true international experience yeah for sure you know it might be a little less accessible to go to africa or dominican republic you know uh, which are other trips that um, AOC has done to build people's exposure. Yeah. In terms of it, like a first step, I, I would say if you don't have any exposure at all and you just want to invest a Saturday and just kind of do something that's different, Yeah, then I'd put my ear to the ground about what JJ is doing yeah. and say, Hey, I want, you know, I, I want to see what this church under the bridge, I think we serve on the third or fourth Sunday. Yep.
0: Um, And you want to tell folks what that is? Some, uh, you know, if you've been around and coming to service or whatever, you're at least familiar with it. But for those who aren't, you want to give just a small context of what that is, John?
1: Yes. And uh, in this current instantiation, I haven't been out there with JJ, but my small group is talking about going out and helping out. Um, But Church Under the Bridge is a homeless ministry that's been around for years and years and years. They meet underneath the bridge kind of right near... So sort we're of not too far from the police station. Yeah, it's I think like so. Between fifth and seventh. Yeah, under I, I thirty five. Under, under thirty five. Yeah, there's you know breakfast tacos served. There's different churches that um, serve the homeless community there. Yeah. So it's you know it's an outreach. It's a ministry. There's relationships that are built over time, uh, and uh, you know it's an it, it's a way to yeah. You know, be honest that probably most people are pretty intimidated by the homeless it's like this big however they view it as a you know guys are asking me money on the corner or some political problem yeah at the end of the day they're humans yeah for sure you know they they have needs physical and and just relational and that's a that's a a safe and low-key way uh to to just get involved to serve um so i'm just saying you know you asked about ways to kind of take a first step yeah something like that is yeah i would say um reynosa is also as i mentioned pretty pretty accessible and i i would hope that that not only youth but families would continue to come here through the years yeah uh families have been coming here many years um different you know sometimes it's mom and dad and a couple of kids sometimes it's just youth sometimes it's um like on this trip we're on here now, we have a married woman, but her husband is working, and so yes. she's here with us, Deborah. Um, sometimes, you know, singles have come before. So it's really any com- combination. And, uh, you know, you spend uh, four or five or six days with some pretty hands-on hammer swinging. Oh, and yeah. uh, in this case, we're doing paintbrush brushing. And then with kids and seeing what's going on and a first hand exposure, uh, very accessible. And uh, like I said, it's been a great benefit to my kids and a, a, an accessible way for people to get involved.
0: Yeah. And, you know, in my, it's, you know, limited experience and just understanding, man, just because the biblical worldview of missions and the importance of advance the gospel, I mean, it looks so, I mean, it can look... <laughs> like in crazy ways, you know, and so the uh, one thing I love about coming down here is just our relationship with Ray and, um, uh, again, the missionary that that's been here for 30 years and just, you know, it sharpens me cause you know, we come down here and do work projects and we do sometimes we're able to, to be a part of other things that are taking place where they're maybe doing a medical clinic of some sort or giving out glasses to those in need. And just even talking to him today, you know, and they did a, a clinic like that. I can't remember when he said that, but you know, like 40 people came to faith in Christ. And so it could be easy for somebody to be like, well, like all you're doing is going down to painting classrooms. And I'm like, well, sure. You could be a cynical critic like that and view that. But, but even today, you know, I'm, you know, my, my daughter and I are painting a wall together and I'm thinking to myself, man, you know, how many kids are going to get a Christian biblical education and hear the gospel and come to faith because there's a place for that to take place. And and I know that I feel like oftentimes today people criticize like places like this, and you know groups just go down and they just you know do board projects. I'm like, yeah, that's true, but like it, we're a part of a bigger story than that. Like we're, this is what the missionary needs. This is what what Ray Hansen and what God's called. This is what he needs. Like if he needed other things done, then we would do that. Like and every time when he, you know, when when we chat before we come down. He's like, Lucas, you know, what, you know, what, what do you guys want to do? I'm like, bro, like we have no expectations, homie. You just tell us what you want. And you, and we just do that. Like we're coming open-handed. Like if you needed us to, to memorize phrases to stand on the corner and, and to shout the gospel to people in a language, that I don't, we don't understand. We would do that. Like, you know, and so, but that, so this is what Ray needs. And so, um, and so I think just having that mindset of like, okay, here's a guy in this part of the world or whatever missionary context that is. And you know we want him to know like we've got his back and we, and we support him as a church body. Like he's one of our supported missionaries uh, financially. I don't know how much and all that kind of stuff, but he's on the docket and on the list as a high value and priority for our church. And, and so for us to come down here and, And for just to say, what do you you say what you want? And we'll say, yes, sir, you know, and we'll, we'll make it happen. And so I I just think it's important to understand that we're not just painting walls we're we're helping prepare classrooms for kids to have an amazing opportunity to, um, who don't have access to a lot of things. Um, and, but primarily for them to hear the gospel and and, and as well as other, you know, there's orphans that live here you know, for whatever reason, parents have, have given them up. And so, and the thing that I think is just so cool just is that, you know, they, they don't just, when they hit 18, they're just gone. Like they, they pay for their, like, they have to actually, I love it. They have to go to a Bible college. Um, uh, Monterey Bible Institute, I believe, uh, is where they have to go their first year. They have to go to Bible college their first year. And then if they want to go somewhere else to be a, Uh, a doctor or whatever it is, then then they cover that. Like that's, that's not how your average orphanage operates. Um, And so it, it's really cool. Just, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think the vision here to add to that, Ray and his wife, Leah, when they um, put this, you know, help raise this place up 29 ish years ago, 29, 30 years ago, they, the, the, the the big thing for them and their heart was a lot of these, this, community here in this city is just, uh, abjectly overrun by poverty. Yeah. And, uh, for each, you know, go round of kids, there are 70 to 75 kids who are, it's a children's home, right? So they're wards of this children's home. And sometimes it could be some totally destitute single mom. That's like, please take my child. I can't raise this child. I can't feed them. I can't get them to school. I can't even put clothes on their back. The mom might have mental problems. You know, dads who knows where. Yeah. So there's all kinds of really sad, broken family situations, and the kids get to come to live here, and they're they these kids are going to hear the gospel. Yeah, they're going to know they're going to get their next meal is going to be there. They're going to mm-hmm. have shoes on their feet. They're going to get loved by the whole community, yeah. including their, you know, hermanos and hermanas uh, in the community. Their their age kids. Yeah. And uh, the big emphasis, as you said, of, of, you know, get through high school. Yeah. Finish. Be a, you know, make something of yourself. And then they give them that further biblical foundation of the Bible college and then on to if they want to do something more vocational. Yeah. So that whole rhythm uh, and the investment in a child who otherwise would have uh, a terrible shot, a terrible opportunity, maybe no opportunity at a at a sort of a, solid life with a job and yeah. a family where mom and dad are together. And cause, cause that's also a, a, sadly a lacking as as he's described, a lacking value here in the yeah. culture that there's a lot of, you know, um, way too few, too few people who are even ever married Yeah. and dads don't, the, the fathers, I should say, uh, you know, of, of kids often don't stick around. So in that situation, they sort of, uh, Uh, make themselves available to say, you know, I, I don't know how that actually plays out, but kids will be, um, brought here. Sometimes they're found. They've got a, as you mentioned, there's like 10 kids. He said that are actual orphans that like mom and dad are either dead or just gone. Yeah. And then the other 60 plus kids, some parent has said, I can't raise this child. Yeah. Um, Uh, please take them. And it's, by the way, another thing, it's not, it's not an adoption agency. Yeah. They raise the children here their whole life. If they're come come in, is that there's a couple, there's some twins here, real cute, two and a half year old, a little boy and a little girl that are twins right now. They'll probably be here till they're 18. Yeah. And, uh, uh, the, and and then, you know, they'll have a shot at life that they wouldn't, wouldn't otherwise. So it's a real, real, uh, amazing opportunity you know as you mentioned like the painting and the things that we do well we're enabling that stuff yeah you know he uses groups like ours they say mm-hmm. you know don't you don't have to have some big fancy skill we can use you if you if you know how to use a you know a sawzall great we'll help you know yeah. bring it down and 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 we'll help you know you can be as part of some legit construction project if you got those skills but if you're high school group and you're just willing uh like our kids have been you know they can Paint a classroom needs to be painted um, the kids who live here go to school here, and then there's hundreds of others that come from the community and they've really developed a reputation of being a really solid christ centered solid education um, yeah. uh, Christian school here in in Reynosa, so they really do shine like a light and when we get to come here it's just thinking, okay, I may not be the preacher on the corner, but um, they're going to do a better job at that than I would. Yeah, for sure. And I, in some small way that me and my family can, uh, uh, help enable that.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, John, what would you, and some, I, I I love asking this question, but at the same time, I, I, it bothers me, but I'm gonna ask anyway, like, like what would you have done differently or even how would you encourage other families to incorporate just being, you know, exposed to missions, you know, locally, globally, you name it, but just understanding that the gospel is bigger than just our culture and our context, you know, and, and if we were raised here in Reynosa and this is where God placed us and this is where we raise in our families and, you know, like we, I would want my family to be exposed to the gospel in other places. So it's not just a, a U.S. to other places kind of thing. Not, not at all, but just like, how would you encourage, what, what, what things would you, you have done differently? Um, if you could go back and if any, maybe not any, but just what would you have done differently if possible?
1: Oh, well, um, I guess I thought your question was going a little, a slightly different way. And that is what would my encouragement be to others? Not that we've gotten it all right. Yeah. But I think we've taken some steps like coming down here repeatedly. Um, uh, I think if I could do it differently, I would have, for sure gotten my son involved Mm. uh he's a great guy and he took four years of spanish and he should be here and his (laughs) sisters have appropriately ribbed him many times (laughs) like come (laughs) down to reynosa man
0: yeah but i mean he's a sky ranch this summer you uh, know so
1: great he's a to use your word he's a stud he is he's, he's a he's uh got a great heart for christ um but uh, hadn't, hadn't really been in a mission, in a, you know, an, a, an out of the country missions uh, yeah. context before. So I, th- I think there's a lot to that of crossing cultures. Mm. And, and yeah. uh, that's what I'd say. Uh, if, you know, if you're hearing this and you're thinking about, well, how do I weave missions into my family life? I would say, uh, you know, every Christian. Uh, without any qualification every yeah. christian should Amen. in some way be involved in missions yeah there's you can do that if you're you know part of aoc you can do that through aoc if you've met you know you sponsor a, a child through africa new life or yeah. compassion international you're, you're touching that uh, aspect if you're doing nothing you know you got nothing like that besides showing up on sunday well blessings that you're coming on sunday and you're welcome But the next step for you is find some way that you can know a missionary, support them financially. Um, You know, there's always pray, send, go. I mean, those are the Christians should all be involved in that. There's plenty of avenues at AOC um, for firsthand exposure trips, there's plenty of supported missionaries. There's lots of people in the body that um, have known and supported missionaries for years. So that's really kind of a maturity step for any christian yeah. to you know should 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 be engaged in some way in god's global yeah and eternal mission of uh of bringing bring new worshipers to his son
0: yeah no that's good that's really really good what 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 would you say or encourage because we were talking you know maybe it was yesterday just about you know some people don't ever really get involved you know and and for whatever reason you know um and i think we talked a little bit about just age sometimes becomes a factor and um, and maybe, you know, maybe there are some that are like, listen, I've worked my whole life, I'm retired now, I'm gonna do what I want, you know? And, and I don't know how many are in that category, you know, probably some for sure. And there's others that are maybe think, well, man, I'm just too old. You know, I'm not as pliable as I used to be or my hearing, you know, wh- whatever it would be, you know, a physical aspect or whatever. But like, how, how would you encourage anybody that may be thinking like, I don't know, John, like you guys are talking about this, but I I just don't think I got much to offer, you mm-hmm. know? I, I just, I think many people think that. And so wh- what would you tell those folks, who, like, that are like, man, that'd be great, That that's cool, that works for you guys, or, you know, for you guys over at Austin Oaks, but I just I don't have anything to offer. What, what would you say to those folks?
1: Yeah, um, I'd give a story that, um, so through work, we had volunteered with Habitat for Humanity yeah. many times, and that was a really neat um, community investment by our company. I was struck one time when we went out to a job site and, you know, we were various skills, various levels of skills. And we, you know, put insulation in or whatever, something that, that, you know, a, a competent adult could do, even if they didn't know how to do it, you get some training, you make it happen. Yeah. Working on the next house was this group of like six or eight gray haired gentlemen. Yeah. I went over and talked to him because I was curious about him and they had the really nice DeWalt tools. And
0: <laughs> and, and, it, and I was like, Hey, I love you, it.
1: who are you guys and what are you doing? They said, yeah, we're all retired. And this is what we love to do. No we way. get these guys, uh, us guys. We said, we, we bring our tools. We ask for our own projects because we <sighs> have a rhythm for working together. Man. And they're, and they got skills. So they're not the one, you know, it's, it's a bunch of, you know, yeah. bunch of work people like myself <laughs> out there for a day that they say, Hey, put this prickly insulation in the wall. Yeah, You know, for them is like, no, we want to put some nice, you know, counters in in all in these houses we're working on. And they get they'd sick these guys on it. And so these guys are, you know, 70, 75 years old, late 60s and skills and doing something they enjoyed. So great! I don't know if you know. Right after they did that, the next day they go play golf. Bully for them, but yeah. they had an ingredient in their life of still being you know outside themselves, yeah. looking at ways they could serve the community um, and and using you know using their substantial skills in fellowship with one another to to serve the community. So, yeah. you know, there's places to do that from within our church. Uh, there's places to do that in the community. That's that's just you know giving back and helping. So, um, you know, as we've talked about it, as you, and you know, I'm closer to this than you are, uh, age wise, but, um, you know, do we ever, does it seem like retirement is biblical? Hard to say, but definitely, um, completely unplugging from serving other people seems yeah. to be counter to what the scriptures talk about. So, yeah. uh, that's a story that comes to mind of how we might continue to invest even as we, uh, start to get older.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, last question that comes to mind: how, how do you think, you know, as a dad of, of uh, I guess four adults now? Man, they're not teenagers at all. Mm-hmm. They're eighteen. They're they're adults. So, um,
1: it makes my head explode.
0: I uh, I could imagine. I could imagine. What What do you think the effect, or or even like the importance of missions and serving locally, globally? Um, h- how how that affects the next generation. You know, when I think of high school students coming up and middle school students and college age, and even little, you know, elementary kids, my, my daughter's age and my kids age, you know, 15, 20 years from now, the pace that we set now, um, that what we model now is what, what they're going to see. And so I, so how important would you say it is for missions just to be imitated in the life of our church, and how that'll affect just the next generation coming up, and and just to speak into that a little bit, um, yeah.
1: Um, well, I, I think it is, um, furthering the gospel is a clear ingredient of any maturing Christian's life, yeah. So, um, that might be leading a Bible study, that might be, um, if you have the gift of evangelism, all of us are supposed to do the work of an evangelist, yeah. though we may not be quite the the more uh extroverted or gift of preaching type of person but um in terms of the, you know ourselves and the next generation i just think these types of whether it's a missions exposure trip like what we're on or you know work project or repeat exposure uh i i think that these these types of things availing yourself of them is is um it just grows our heart and our vision for what God is doing. Yeah. You know, we, we could have a pretty small picture of a pretty small God, unless we have ways that we see that he's working in very unfamiliar ways in very unfamiliar contexts. Yeah. You know, we come down here, the language is unfamiliar. Although uh, for me, Spanish is, I've got, you know, traces of Spanish through uh, you know, I understand some um so it's not an utterly foreign context but it it is a very different context yeah and i, I think there's a lot to that of terms of just building your awareness and building a picture of a bigger god or even even being like you know this morning we go to uh a church they're singing praise songs in spanish they start the sermon in spanish and you go you know you know what god speaks that language yeah. in fact he's pretty fluent in spanish <laughs> amen it's useless for me or i mean it's beautiful i hear him singing it sounds, it sounds yeah. really nice but i don't know what the songs are about god does and um you know god isn't only an english-speaking god god isn't is not a you know a a a, a blonde-haired blue-eyed person like me yeah uh, you know we don't know exactly what he looks like except when we get to revelation he looks sounds pretty fearsome <laughs> but amen um you know he's he's a god who made all these different yeah um colors and tongues and races and uh loves them all yeah. so it helps us to tap in to see you know just looking around um god's at work in in in, in huge number every tongue, tongue tribe and in, in nation he's yeah. Uh, He loves and he has a desire to call people to himself. So these types of things just help you um, see just a little bit more about what God's heart is about.
0: Yeah, for sure. It makes me think my father-in-law has all these axioms that we talk about a lot. And one of them is that he mentions quite often is what one generation does in moderation. The next generation does in excess. And so, and sometimes that, is in, in a bad way, I think, you know, in terms of, you know, some, some folks want to just drink in moderation, which technically, you know, is not a sin, but maybe the next generation will do it in excess or if it's, you know, drugs or, or whatever it is. But, but I, but I often think, you know, Oh, 20 years down the road, what we do in moderation now, I pray that the next generation will do an excess, you know, if we're only doing, you know, a couple of trips right now in our church, well, I guess only one that I can think of, that I'm aware of, at least that we do as a church right now, and that being Reynosa. But you know, I think 20 years on the road, maybe maybe there's it'll students and younger folks will catch the vision of it, and they're they're going to do it without us. You know, they're going to be like, and, and actually, it's one cool thing I love about our students and and our student ministry is a lot of them. Man, they serve at camps during the summer. You know, uh, Camp Barnabas and Camp Blessing. I just love it, and, I, and that's the cool thing. I love it when. When students go do things, and it's like they don't—they don't need to do it with the church. They just go and get after. It. And I just—I oh I mean, even you know, your son, you know, at Sky Ranch this summer. Th- those things just like motivate me. I'm like, you know, and even d- down here, often, the one thing I love about being in Reynosa is our students get to like physically hang out and see and touch Ray, you know, Ray Hansen. And then I think, and I and I purposely make an intentional um, comments throughout the week, like, hey, you know, you could just come down here all summer. Like, see the places, you know. There's some apartments over there. You can you can come out. You don't need us, you know. And you don't, you know, you don't even need me to text Ray. I'll give you his cell phone. You can just text that mug right, you know. And and so when they get to see missionaries, and I, I think they then they they think of better ways to advance the gospel and be in places like this. And so it, I'm eager to see fifteen twenty years down the road by just trying to get after it and you know trips like this. How yeah. the next oh, generation yeah. will.
1: I th- I think that's. You know, this will be uh, hopefully a spark for my daughters. Yeah. You know, what they, you know, how they invest and pour their lives out for Christ in their various contexts. And they yeah. they could yeah. be, you know, they could become missionaries. They could become involved in, in, in ministry in whatever way they are involved, even if it's, you know, just having a uh, a vocation and uh, serving faithfully, yeah. serving Christ in um, their work environment or their community or coming on a you know cross cultural trips uh these uh, I can appreciate what you're saying is these types of things we can hope and pray that uh to use your you know father in law's axiom that maybe we're starting small yeah and uh things will grow with them and yeah. that'll be you know I don't want them to 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 drink more than I do uh <laughs> I would love them to do more missions than I do amen so yeah
0: yeah well, I appreciate you, John, very much, man. And hopefully, uh, people will uh, rub shoulders with you at church and ask you cr- how, what was it like raising triplets and all of those crazy things. But you guys are empty next empty nester phase of life. So, um, new, al- well, almost, almost.
1: Yes. One one got, one of our girls is gonna do ACC at least for a semester, so she'll still be at home. But we're 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 not empty nest, but we're emptying. Yeah. Uh, so that, yeah, new, new phase of life for us. So we'll, we'll, we'll figure out what the next chapter looks like for us.
0: Yes. Hopefully, for those of you listening, we'll pray for uh, John and his wife in this next phase. We'll take it. Thank you. Of life. So thank you so much, John. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for joining us today on the House on Fire podcast. Please share this so others can be blessed by the conversation we had today. And we will see you all next time.